Well, good morning. This is your wake-up call, and I'm J.D. Walt, your host. It is Tuesday, January the 10th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Let's enter in with our prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. Just begin to orient ourselves in his presence and making this prayer to him, Jesus, I belong to you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice to you. Jesus, I belong to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Today's entry is called Five Dreams. Our text is Matthew 2, Verse 12, hear the word of the Lord. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the Magi returned to their country by another route. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. Five times in the first two chapters of Matthew's gospel, we see the words, and I quote, in a dream. Let's remember them. Number one, from chapter one, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Number 2, chapter 2, verse 12, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. Number 3, chapter 2, verse 13, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Number 4, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. 
for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. And number five, chapter two, verses 22. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, having been warned in a dream. Earlier in my Bible reading life, I would quickly make the leap to wanting to apply this text to my own life, asking if God wanted to speak to me in a dream. It's not a bad question. The better approach is to kneel down in front of the massive canvas of this story and ask questions like these. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would you open the eyes of my heart to see more deeply into your mind and heart, your ways and will? your intimate interventions into the affairs of this world? Here's the epiphany breaking forth in my beholding. I think growing up, I always saw the unfolding story of God in the Bible as happening at center stage of world events with lots of lights and fanfare kind of like those spotlights they swirl around in the sky outside of a big movie premiere or otherwise spectacular event. Nothing could be further from reality. These Bible events, though they are massive in their importance, are happening in very small, hidden, and even secret ways. An ordinary, unknown teenage girl in a small town becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Nobody knew anything about it. Her fiancé prepares to divorce her with dignity, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. No one had any idea of it. A small band of obscure astrologers quietly walk a thousand miles from Babylon to Bethlehem, following a star. No one was paying a lick of attention to them. These stories were not newsworthy. God's stories rarely, if ever, are at the time. Interestingly enough, they become a permanent feature of the never-forgotten news cycle of eternity. Meanwhile, everything we thought was news at the time turns out to be nothing much worth remembering. The big story of God mostly unfolds through many small and seemingly unimportant stories of very ordinary people who became awakened in their generation and thereby agents of awakening. The other thing I'm perceiving this time through is the responsiveness of these witnesses to these interventions of God in their dreams. Watch this. Number 1, chapter 1, verse 24. When Joseph woke up, 
he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Number two, chapter two, verse 12. Speaking of the the Magi, they returned to their country by another route. Number three, chapter two, verse 14. Referring to Joseph. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Number four, again of Joseph. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. And number five, having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. There are only two kingdoms, the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The former are almost constantly collapsing under the weight of their own self-important emptiness. The latter is ever rising, slowly, often imperceptibly, way off to the side of the apparent main events of the day. The kingdom of Jesus is ever riding on the rails of the obedient, obscure, unknown sons and daughters of the king. One more bit. These happenings in Bible times were truly exceptional events. Now, in the days between the Great Awakenings, the first and second comings of Jesus, they are everyday occurrences. The Spirit is moving like a mighty river, bringing new life to dead places. The kingdom of Jesus is breaking forth in all sorts of surprising and unexpected ways. All it takes is the simple obedience of someone like you. The Prayer Our Father, we keep praying that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know you better, that I might fully awaken to become the person you imagined when you fashioned my inmost being, and that I might rise up into the real life for which you created me. Forgetting what is past, I press on toward this high calling. But for today, let me find myself next to Joseph and those magi pondering the risks and the rewards of simple obedience to what you are saying and doing in my midst. Come, Holy Spirit. I am ready to move with you. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question. Are you realizing just how obscure and way off the trail these Bible stories were as they were unfolding? Are you seeing how it's the same today? How we don't make history by trying to be somebody and do great things for God, but by staying awake and practicing simple obedience?
Our hymn today is one that we're going to take a few days to sing. It's actually one of my very favorites. It's a more recent one. Shine, Jesus, shine. I like to sing it a little slower than the old happy clappy version. So we're going to sing verse 1 in the chorus today, and tomorrow we'll sing verse 2, and the day after we'll do verse 3. Are you ready? Lord, the light of your love. Oh, I forgot. It's on page 217 for crying out loud. If you got your seedbed hymnal in hand, and of course, if you don't, you can always Google Shine Jesus Shine lyrics and the words will pop right up for you. All right, now that we're ready. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Man, there's not a better prayer than that. It's so visual, so Trinitarian, so movemental. It's a prayer for great awakening. So we'll be singing that in the next couple of days together. And we have a PS today, as I said yesterday. We're gearing up to start our annual pastor's fellowship retreat this Thursday. You know, most things we do in seedbed are not geared for like the pastors and then the laity. Um, we're really trying to blur that line and, and get away from sort of the pastor's getting delegated everything to do. And uh, frankly, I like to talk about pastors as coaches and the laity as the players in the game. I digress. This retreat is just for people who are in vocational ministry. And so if that's you, this is going to be a really good few sessions happening on Thursday afternoons beginning this Thursday. We'll be on Zoom. It'll be very personal, It'll be fellowship oriented. We've got some special guests that are coming. You can read all about it. There's a link in today's email. You can get all the information and it's like the lowest price in the universe. And if you can't pay that, let us know. We'll help you with it. 
But I'd love to see you there. And there's no time like now when we need our pastors to have a time of being able to mend. To well, That's what we're calling the retreat, mend. So if you're hearing me, jump in on this. And um, even if you can't come to all the sessions, we'll send them all to you on demand for later. But this is going to be rich. And uh, I'll be there myself and, and a number of our team and some special guests. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for being here. We're ready now to hit the field and so for a great awakening. And I'll see you out there for the awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.